Turn over to 1 Samuel 17. This morning we're going to talk about breakthroughs. You know, breakthroughs is much more important than just a change. A breakthrough is something that has haunted you. You've been stuck. It's huge. You've tried. You know, there's a lot of things in our life where we go, well, I want to make a change. And this month I'm going to make a change. And you got little changes you're trying to make in different areas, but a breakthrough is something that you full well recognize in your life that for a month or year or a decade or maybe even your entire life, it's something that you don't like. And you've tried and you've never been able to break through. It stood in front of you. It's made you afraid. It's made you insecure. It's taken you away from your commitment at different times. And every day that you wake up, you think about it and you're faced with it. That's what we're talking about this morning. Breakthroughs. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is David and Goliath. And we're going to be starting there. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 4 through 11, says, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. And on his legs, he wore a bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. The spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield-bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Down in verse 16. For 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Yeah, I love how this story begins. I love the fact that Goliath is over nine feet tall. And just the, the tip of his spear, just the arrowhead, the point of it, weighed 15 pounds. Tells you how big this spear was. And the Bible is very careful to make sure each one of us understands the battle that the Israelites faced. It says he taunted them every morning and every night. He said, I defy the ranks of Israel. Is there not a man among you? He said, am I not a Philistine? Are you not a servant of Saul? You know, when there's that wall in your life, this is exactly how we feel emotionally. Yeah, I believe the story of David and Goliath is in the Bible because every single one of us can relate to this story. Oh, Goliath goes by a different name. 
Maybe in our life, the giant is overcoming anger. Maybe it's being kind and loving to our spouse. Maybe it's being responsible, disciplined with our schedule or financially. Maybe it's certain character weakness that we've been going after, a sin that we're trying to overcome. Day after day, week after week, month after month, and you wake up and you want to be faithful. You want to do what's right. And the negative tape in our head turns itself on. And it says, don't even bother trying today. Today's not your day. Maybe tomorrow will be, but it's not looking too good. Every single one of us has a negative tape. Yeah, we'll continue on here in uh, verse 25 and 26. It says, now the Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, it's tax season. You know, it's incredible when you think about what's being uh, put before Israel. It's like you're going to marry into the royal family. You're going to have all this wealth. You're going to be exempt, you and your whole family, of taxes in Israel. I mean, who wouldn't love that? You know, sometimes that's how we think. If, if I can just find a, a big enough carrot, you know, something that I can get excited and motivated by, then I'll be able to overcome it. You know, the world tries to bribe us all the time. You know, do this and you'll overcome it. If you overcome it, you can have that. And yet day after day, Israel was dismayed and afraid, shaking in their boots. You know, the story goes on. David's brothers even become critical. And I love David's uh, response to them. In verse 32, it says, David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. And he has been a fighting man from his youth. And David goes on to say, Listen, God gave me the lion. God gave me the bear. And the Philistine is going to be just like one of them. David believed in a breakthrough. You know, Israel's problem is they had all these trained fighting men. But they were thinking wrong about the problem. They had that breakthrough in front of them named Goliath. And day after day, they faced his tauntings. But they never got to the point where they believed that God would give the victory. You will be frustrated as a Christian or somebody who wants to be a Christian, if you face your Goliath and you use worldly wisdom, you're trying to find outside motivations and things that are going to get you excited, and, and you're going to use the world's weapons, you got it all figured out, you know what? You're going to hit that wall again and again and again. You know, there's a lot of things you can change in your life, but when, when it's facing Goliath, it's only going to happen with God. 
When you think about Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes, he, he tried to get his breakthrough. His breakthrough, he's trying to figure out life. He's trying to find out meaning. What, what's important? What counts? And he tried all different kind of things. And he kept saying, meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. And he got to the end and he said, fear God and keep his commandments. He said, the breakthrough is going to come with God Almighty and nowhere else. Say, what giant are you thinking about in your life right now? Maybe it's to forgive somebody who's hurt you. To let go of emotional wounds from the past. You know, in my life, I, what I found is the hardest person to forgive, myself. Um, and I think most of us are that way. We, we are so good at rehearsing our failures you know, where we didn't do what we needed to do, where we weren't the man or woman that God called us to be, and we can remember it to this day where we failed. You know, it takes faith to break through and believe God. It takes faith to forgive, to make those changes. You know, God has given us the lion and the bear. Each one of us has stories to tell about how God worked in your life or the life of somebody around you. And that was one of David's keys, is when he faced the giant, the reason he came to a different conclusion is he goes, wait, I'm thinking about this situation. There was this time I was fighting a bear. You know, a bear should win that fight. But God gave me the victory there. And then there was a day I was fighting a lion. You know, a lion's supposed to win that fight. But David's like, God gave me the lion too. Bear, lion, Philistine, same thing, same principle. But do you actively meditate on the bear and the lion? Do you think about the victories that God has given you? This breakthrough is going to be just like one of them. You know, then finally the battle comes. And uh, David goes out there. First of all, Saul tries to dress him in his armor. Again, you know, more worldly wisdom. If you're going to fight, you've got to do it the standard way the world does. And David's like, I, you know, I can't do it that way. I'm not used to this. So he just goes out there with a few rocks and a sling. And he goes to fight the battle. And, and David, uh, Goliath says in verse uh, 43, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And he cursed David by his gods. Come here and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Why is that conversation recorded? Because as soon as you decide... You're going to go after the breakthrough. The giant's going to start talking to you. You know, David got persecution from his brothers, the king, you know, all kind of other issues. And we talked about some of those last Sunday. But as soon as you say, today is the day. All right, enough's enough. This giant has taunted me long enough paralyze me long enough. Today's the day the battle line's drawn. I'm going. Now the giant's going to look you eye to eye. 
and have a conversation. And it's going to sound a lot like this. Oh, yeah? You think you're going to win this? I'm going to kill you. I'm going to embarrass you. I'm going to make your life worse than it started. You want to go there? Bring it on. You see, if you're going to win the breakthrough, the battle becomes very personal. You know, David, undaunted, says, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Now that's awesome right there. This is not a Hollywood movie. This was real life. It was a real giant with a real sword and a real spear. And the giant you face is real. We wish it was a movie. Some days we hope we're going to wake up and our problem's solved and we're just magically better and I changed and I didn't even try. I just woke up a different man. This is amazing. I love Christianity. It doesn't work that way. See, the battle becomes personal. Say, well, what what do you mean by personal? Well, the giant makes it about you. But what's it really about? God. You see, David took it personally, but not for himself. David took it personally... How dare you defy my God? All you got is a sword and a spear, and you're talking smack against my God? Is that how you feel when you go against your giant? Oh, you're trying to talk me out of it? You're trying to make me afraid? You, you want me to quit? That's the best you got? I got God. How big do you make your problems? Nine feet tall? They're always taller than us. You know why Jesus prayed up on the mountainside? Because you get a different perspective when you're up on a mountain. You know, when you're on a high mountain, it doesn't matter if something's 7 feet tall or 10 feet tall or 3 feet tall. It all looks really small. And if we're going to believe in the breakthrough... We have to recognize full well God is so far bigger, taller, stronger, smarter, wiser, more innovative than any giant that you face. David ran to the battle line. And as they went to meet each other in verse 48, David ran quickly to the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. I love these words that the Bible wants each one of us to listen to. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. You see, the giant should have won the battle. I mean, a sling and a stone versus a sword and a spear. But not with God. 
And that's why the Bible says, without a sword in his hand, David was victorious. Then David runs, and you know that sword that the giant was so threatening with? David took it out of his scabbard and cut off Goliath's head with his own sword. You know, that's the kind of victory that God gives. You know, and then he took his head and went around to all the Philistines and showed it. He's like, you're going to taunt the living God? Here's what I'm going to do with your head. It's a good story. It was a breakthrough. You know, Satan wants you petrified of the things that you've tried to change. You know, maybe it's a coworker that just gets on your nerves. Maybe it's an unrighteous boss. Maybe it's a tough marriage or kids. You know, Satan wants you to quit. He wants you to throw in the towel, give up, surrender. But God wants you to have the victory. You know, you have a choice. You can be like the army of Israel. They just stood there quaking in their boots. Oh, they heard a lot of sermons. But when they left, they didn't do anything. You know, hearing a sermon and implementing a sermon are two different things. Leaving here with the desire to break through is very different than a commitment by faith to break through. Let's read another story about David. First Chronicles 14. Samuel King's Chronicles. All right. First Chronicles 14. This is later in David's life. He'd run for his life. You know, he was a musician for 10 years. Then, uh, you know, Saul was trying to kill him. Uh, then he became king, had some family issues, all kinds of stuff going on. Later in his life, uh, he's now anointed king. And in chapter 14, in verse 8, it says, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went out to meet them. Now the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of God, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord answered him, Go, I will hand you over to. So David and his men went to Baal-perazim, and he defeated them. And he said, As waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. So that place was called Baal-perazim. The Philistines had abandoned their gods there, and David gave orders to burn them in the fire. Once more, the Philistines raided the valley, so David inquired of God again. And God answered him, Do not go straight up, but circle around them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move out to battle, because that will mean God has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as God commanded him. And they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. So David's fame spread throughout the land, and the Lord made all nations fear him. Yeah, I love this story because, you know, it's later in David's life, so he's experienced a lot with God. You know, Goliath, 
he's coming up to bring his brothers supplies who are supposed to go and fight, and they're not, they're just afraid. And he sees what's going on, and he engages in the battle. Great victory. Now, later in life, the Philistines hear that he's been anointed king. And so they start looking for him. And see, if you try and hide from the giant in your life, he will hunt you down. You cannot run from your problems. You cannot run from your character. You know, I've said this before. Sometimes people think, if I just move to a different place, it will get better. But the problem is, if if it's your character, when you move, your character comes with you. You know, David's got this situation and his problems are trying to find him. And they're searching for him. And David's like, oh yeah, I'm going to find you. He said he heard about it and he went up to meet them. He didn't go stand there hiding, you know, waiting for them to come around the corner. He's like, no, it's time to tackle this problem. He inquired of God. You know, it's just a simple statement. But David had learned his lesson throughout his life where the victory was going to come from. With God. Are you linked in to God? Are you connected? Can you hear his voice? You know, sometimes we go, all right, I'm going to do it. And then we come up with our own plan. That even though the thing we're trying to change is good, our own thoughts are just worldly wisdom. And God's like, I know that's not the way to do it. You know, even in the battle, one time he said, yeah, go straight up. And they go right up and meet them. A little bit later, it's like, yeah, I'm going to give them into your hands. But you know what? Don't go straight up. This time you've got to circle around back. And you just wait on the side. And when you hear... Uh, the marching sound in the tops of the trees, then go fight because you know that the Lord has gone out in front. Are, Are we synced up with God's plan for our life? Are we connected? I love what David says in verse 11. It says, As waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies. But then listen to how he finishes. By my hand. He gave God all the credit for the victory. But he also recognized that God used him. You know, we got to do our part to win the victory. We need to give God all the credit But that doesn't mean we don't have our part to play. You know, they even named the place Baal Perizim. That means the Lord who breaks out. I said, this was so awesome what God did. We got to change the name. And David said, "And, and he used me. You know, is God out in front of your battle? Does God get all the credit? 
You know, sometimes we start down our journey, and as soon as we get a taste of victory, we let up. We stop praying about it. We start really being persistent spiritually, and we just think, oh, I'm on track now. I'm good. And we stop giving God the credit. And then we wonder why we fail. You know, God can change the plan. Two totally different plans. What if David said, well, the last time I fought this same battle, God told me to go straight up. So that's exactly what I'm going to do this time. And God's like, yeah, but I don't want you to go straight up this time. No way. I've always gone straight up. It's always worked, and I'm doing it again. You know, one thing you'll learn about relationships is what you did once that worked doesn't is no guarantee that the next time the situation happens, it's going to work this time. You know, how about in your daily walk with God? I'll tell you what, it's one of the hardest things we do is walk with God every day to the point where we are connected emotionally. And how many times have you reached this point where you go, I'm doing what I've always done, but I don't feel connected. Say, God's going, yeah, because... You need to change up the plan. Yeah, but it's always worked in the past. But do something different. You know, I love that. It says, when you hear the noise in the trees, then you will know that God has gone in front. You know, if you're going to have a breakthrough, we need the Lord with us. And there is story after story in the Bible where people were trying to accomplish the very plan that God had in mind, but were impatient. Yeah, you think about Moses. When he was 40, raised in Pharaoh's household, and he kills an Egyptian, and Acts tells us that he thought, oh, God will know. Or the people will know that God's using me to free them from the Israelites. It says, but they did not. And he has to run for his life and go spend 40 years in the desert for God to mold his heart. So that God can then take Moses and do the very thing he wanted to accomplish all along. Now Samuel the prophet tells Saul, hey, okay, before the battle, wait seven days. And then, you know, I'm going to show up. And then we'll have the sacrifice together. And Saul gets afraid because the troops are starting to scatter. So he doesn't wait for Samuel. And he, and he offers up the sacrifice early. And Samuel's like, you didn't obey. You didn't do what I said. And he's like, well, you weren't here at the appointed time. And all these bad things were going on. And so I had to. And Samuel says, to obey is better than sacrifice. Now, if God is going to go in front of us, we need to do it His way. Our repentance cannot be somehow sort of loosely based on Scripture. It needs to be God's Word. The Bible needs to define our life. You know, as a minister, you get to counsel a lot of situations. You say, what, what's one of the biggest roadblocks through a breakthrough? I'll tell you right now. Here's what it is. People set boundaries of what they won't do. 
They say, I want to change. I want to beat Goliath. You know, that would be like David going, okay, I want to kill Goliath. But I'm not going out there to face him. Well, how are you going to kill him then? No way. Somebody else needs to kill him. And then I'll go cut off his head. I'll do that part. God's like, nope. So have you set boundaries on what you won't do to have the breakthrough? Sometimes they're emotional boundaries. I will not get vulnerable. I will not be honest. I will not be open about what's really going on in my heart. Because if I do, somebody might use it against me and they may hurt me again. And I don't want to risk that ever again. You know what? Maybe that's your boundary. You say, you're not going to get the help you need unless you can open up. You say, that's that's scary. Yeah. Every time we face Goliath, it's scary. But if we want the victory, we've got to be willing to go there. You know, sometimes, you know, maybe we've lived a life of deceit. And we go, okay, I'll change. I'm going to tell the truth. But I don't want to have to tell this person about this lie that I told them. I don't want to tell my spouse what sin I committed. I don't want to have to humble out before this person. I don't want to have to forgive. You know, I want to be pure. But I want to have internet on my phone. You know, is there any boundaries that we've created in our heart? If we want God in front of us, if we want God leading the charge, we've got to do it God's way. We've got to be connected. We've got to be connected to His Word. And God will speak to us through His people. Let me tell you something about a breakthrough. It's one of the most glorious battles that you can experience. I mean, I want you to think about your spiritual life. I want you to think about things that that matter most, the things that you are most proud of. Was it ever something that was easy to accomplish? Never. I mean, you appreciate all those things. But it was the biggest challenge that you overcame. That's where you go, man, I look back and I'm so proud of what God did here. I'm so proud of what I accomplished here. You know, I still stand amazed at all that God has done in my life since I became a Christian. Now that I can function without getting drunk, that I can function without cursing every sentence. Now, I remember in my Bible studies thinking... I. I don't know about Christianity because I could just never live that life. I mean, I want to. But I I just don't see myself ever being able to to get there. I mean, to be that pure. It's like, how could you, like, live life and not think, you know, bad thoughts? How could you live life and not let, you know, cuss words just come out? It's like, you know, I'm going to embarrass myself. And I look at all the years and all the victories that God has brought me through. I was such a people pleaser, a conflict avoider. I didn't want to challenge anyone because I didn't want to make them mad. I wanted to love them into change. 
Encourage them so much that they will overcome whatever barrier they face. And it didn't work. But I was like, why? I don't want to sit down and, like, tell somebody that they're wrong. Because what if they don't like me then? But you can't help people to change if you're not willing to lovingly confront. You know, I was scared to be honest about my feelings. You know, when I first got married, I didn't think I had any, except for anger. I knew I had that one, but every other feeling I didn't think I had. And those were the talks I hated the most. I didn't mind saying I was sorry. I just didn't want to have to talk about all the feelings and all that. I just thought, oh, that is so draining. You know, now I, I can tell you what I feel. I can talk about feelings. I can identify things quickly, you know, and I realize that I have more emotions than just anger. You know, it's like God has changed my life and God has changed your life. And they're the sweetest victories because it's such a great statement of God in your life. You know, a lot of times we misunderstand. We talk about sharing our faith. You know, you know what sharing our faith really is? It's telling people what God has done. It's not just saying, will you come to church? That's, oh, that's just like the first 10% of sharing your faith. The, the 90%. That's telling people what God has done. That's David telling people about the lion and the bear and the Goliath and all the battles with the Philistines. That. That's the whole thing. You know, we're at Chili Cook-Off. Inviting the church, that's just like the shredded cheese you put on the chili. Telling them what God has done, that's the whole chili. You'll be able to think about that when you're out there eating chili. You'll be, yes, eating the whole chili right now. Say, so where, where are we at? Well, if it's our thought life, Colossians 3 says, Set your mind on things above. Do not be a victim of what you think about. You have a choice. You have a choice each and every day of what you're going to think about. You go, well, that's not true because don't think about a pink elephant. I just did. I didn't have a choice. It just came into my head. No, you have a choice. It's not what comes into your head. It's the thoughts that you have. It's what you mull over. It's what you decide to stew over again and again and again and again and again. The Bible says, set your mind on things above. You say, well, you know, my heart, it's just like in the wrong place. So, you know, the things that are important to me, God doesn't value. Matthew 6. It says, set your heart on treasure that will last. You can change what's important to your heart. You know, if you like to eat a lot of unhealthy things like cake, and you went to the doctor and your cholesterol is really high, and he said, you're going to die, you need to start eating healthy food, you can change and start eating healthy food. And you know what will happen after you do that for a long period of time? You'll enjoy it all. You know, maybe not like tofu and that kind of stuff, but there's other healthy food. Um, but you can change it. 
But it's constant decision-making. It's, it's obedience. It's living it out. You say, I'm going to set my heart. You know, when, when I think about, you know, setting my heart on treasure that will last, let me substitute this for heart, time. Because I believe our time and how we use it is the best reflection of our heart. So change your schedule. Unencumber it. Start spending more time doing things uh, that reinforce what you want. You say, well, it's, it's my words. Ephesians 4 says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Think before you speak. He goes, this will feel so good to launch this Scud missile because that person hurt my feelings. Just stop. Don't say it. You shouldn't think it. But don't say it. And you'll get to the point where you stop talking that way. And you start being kind. And encouragement starts flowing out. You know, each one of us has a choice to make. You know, Megan, she's having a breakthrough today. Yep. And last weekend, David, he had a breakthrough. In 2011, a lot of us had a breakthrough. Got their sins forgiven. Maybe you're studying the Bible. Hey, it's time for a breakthrough. Don't put limits. Make a change. Facing Goliath is not the same as killing Goliath. God needs to go in front of us. Do it his way. Final verse, write this down. Zechariah 4, verse 6. It says, not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We're going to win the victory. We're going to have the breakthrough if God goes out in front. Let's keep our faith in him and accomplish the changes that he has for us to make. Amen. That's our lesson. All right. At this time...